people are just looking for lightning in a bottle ideas. They want to be Netflix without having to buy it for $50 million. It doesn't really work that way. We need time and dollars for those ideas to breathe and grow into, into something tangible. You're listening to Inside Skookum, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of a growing tech company. My name is Josh Lucas, and today, Brad Schmidt and I are sitting down with Michael Ifkovitz, Director of Innovation Strategy here at Skookum. We want to dig into innovation, why it's essential to the success of your business, and the common mistakes people make when pursuing it. Michael has a wealth of information on this subject as well as a great deal of passion around it, and we think you're really going to like what he has to share with us here today. So with that, let's get started. We're here with Michael Ifkiewicz. Solid pronunciation. uh, Did I I pronounce it right? Yes, you did. And in the office, you are known affectionately as Ifki. Ifki. Correct. And... And one of the ways in which we we typically talk about this, our topic today is innovation. And so this is innovation with IFKI. Part of the reason we're talking to IFKI this week on the podcast is that this is Charlotte Innovation Week. You'll actually see, if you follow us on social, a blog post by IFKI every day this week, kind of highlighting something different in innovations. Let's let the folks listening know a little bit about you. Uh, What's your background in, in innovation and how did you get to Skookum? So I've been doing corporate or enterprise innovation for almost a decade now. Uh, got my started by uh, working for a small company that basically said, you know, they were growing and they said, we need some people focused on new products and services. You seem to have a handle on some things. Why don't you take this on? And I wrote my own job description to be an innovation manager. And then from there to find, you know, why we were innovating, following the mission of the company uh, what process we were going to follow, trying to figure out how we're going to extract value from different things. And it was really just, it was a medical company. It was a, a large urgent care company. They're open seven days a week, uh, 12 hours a day. We just had this dedicated staff and footprint that was operating. But what else could we do within that space? I think that's the main difference between like innovating to, to be a startup or finding a new idea versus innovating for the enterprise or corporate is that you have that mission and vision that's already been established and then using that as a focal point of filling an innovation portfolio to like maintain that advantage. Whereas if you're an entrepreneur, you're just finding a, a novel pro- a problem to solve in a novel way. And you're from uh, where? And you you're from Pittsburgh. You went to school in Pittsburgh, correct? Yeah, I went to school at Duquesne University. Mm-hmm. Go Dukes! Uh, and spent about 13 years living in there. Uh, that's where Med Express was. Then I got a job at place called Highmark Health, doing enterprise innovation you, for them. You mean you spent 13 years living in Pittsburgh, not living in, in Duquesne? Yeah, it took me 13 years, yeah, took me 13 years to 13 get through. Year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just want to clarify, our innovation expert wasn't in school for 13 years mm-hmm. to get his undergrad. <laughs> it's, it's, that's quite true, yeah. Four years at Duquesne and then loved the city, so stayed there. And then moved down to Charlotte by... Uh, following a, a former boss who's actually going to be giving a tech talk for Skookum, Paul Popolo, uh, talking about innovation at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. But he was tasked with standing up a new innovation team for all the U.S. lines of business at MetLife and brought me down to help set up and run that. Just give a, a brief overview of what is innovation and why should enterprise companies, or I mean, really any company, be investing time and resources Mm -hmm. into it. Yeah. So I define it as any deliberate effort that is looking to create or identify new areas of value for the enterprise. And that could be from a 
a, a new product being developed, a new way that product is being consumed, um, a new a new way to service that product, or um, understanding what technologies are going to do to your current business model. I think a bit a, way, a big way of filling an innovation portfolio is like I call them big if true statements. Um, so autonomous vehicles, how is that going to impact us? Or if you're looking at the gig economy and there's more remote workers and there's more trans and more transient workforce. So this is fresh in my mind from MetLife. How are, how is that going to change the way, uh, benefits are allocated? It can upshift your entire business model and you really need a scout team. That's kind of going out and evaluating these things, um, understanding new technologies, not just their, uh, the opportunities that they present, but even their limitations. Everybody gets super jazzed up after a conference. Like, we need blockchain. We need this. We need that. Like, do we? Like, what, yeah. are we, what are we going to do with it? The innovation team can sift through all that while the rest of the enterprise is doing the important work of generating the value of today. But there's, again, you need that scout team that's out there looking around corners and bringing back information. And I think uh, one of the things that you hit on that I think is important is the ability to kind of for an innovation team to step away from just the the day to day business that that is ultimately generating income and driving the business. But uh, to be able to kind of take a step back from that and kind of look at what's on the horizon, what does the future look like, things like that. Why is that just important uh, from an innovation side of things? It's one of the classic problems that Christensen pointed out in Innovator's Dilemma. Like the, the enterprise is built to deliver the value of today and there's processes set up, there's governance set up for that and everybody gets hyper-focused on doing that and you need people to kind of break away from that and then understand, you know, what does that value look like on kind of like a meta level? You don't want it to be a fully sequestered activity you wanted to have some sort of connection integration point back into the business because you got to understand how we're delivering value today. You have to understand what are those processes and channels of communication within the organization. Cause when you have something that's, that's going to need to be scaled up, those are the people that you're going to be working with. If you're spending all your time, just depending on the folks that are doing the day-to-day business as usual product development, uh, maintenance, IT maintenance, or what have you, innovation falls off the desk because it's typically hard to measure in those wide environments. Mm-hmm. And people are go. It's it's in a job description, but it's not often what people are measured against in terms of success. And you know, the revenue of today is always going to be more important than some future undefined yeah. possible possible value. What are some of the pitfalls that you see companies get into in an attempt to innovate? I think a couple of big ones are around not having an appreciation for that. There's some real dollars that are involved in going through the innovation process, whether it's through research or running pilots or, or what have you. Usually it's like, oh yeah, we're going to be, we need to be more innovative. And people are just looking for lightning in a bottle ideas and they want to come up, they want to be blockbuster and come up with Netflix without having to buy it for $50 million doesn't really work that way. Yeah. You need time and dollars for those ideas to breathe and grow into into something tangible. And I think people underestimate the cost and I think the people underestimate the the runway needed for that. One of the hardest things to get right when you're just getting started is getting people comfortable with giving money and budget to something that might not have any return whatsoever. Um, but it's so important for innovation teams to be able to have like a 97 to 100% failure acceptance rate 
because without that, you just start pressing for everything to be a yes, just to push ideas through. You start abandoning being judicious about your hypotheses and what your responses were. And you just kind of, you know, focus on getting to yes. And it just inevitably pushes you closer and closer to the core because you want to have confidence in the ideas. And the way to have confidence in the ideas is to have data around them. But things that are things that are truly innovative that don't necessarily exist quite yet, that data doesn't really exist. You have to go out and find that data. There's proxies that are out there and directional things, but the purpose of the innovation team is to go out and do the digging and muck around in a gray space so that you do have data to come back and people can make decisions on. Yeah, I think it's it's fascinating for to hear you say that you're looking for something that's 90, 97 to 100% failure rate uh, because our just natural instincts is that, oh, we can't fail. We mm-hmm. don't. We always want to succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, you, nobody wants the, to be a failure. Right. But when you kind of open that up and you have the freedom to say, hey, no, like this is going to fail and like that's okay. It's more important about what we learn from it. Right. It's so freeing and to your point leads to innovation. Correct. And I remember you uh, saying at one point, one of the challenges that you often see is somebody will have this grandiose idea and not have any means to vet whether or not that is a, I forget your example, but it was something along the the lines of, we're going to increase revenue by $25 million, (laughs) you know, in six months. And you're sitting there going like, that's not going to happen. You know, how do you regulate those expectations? Sure. It's. Man, that yeah, that that was that was fun. I remember saying when I when I heard that, I remember saying back like, yeah, if I come up with that idea, I'm probably not going to be working here. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty five million a year one's pretty. It's it's pretty big. Extreme revenue targets like that aren't really healthy for the team. You start getting up with just like quick win, outlandish business cases that don't really make sense for the the mission of the company or the purpose of the innovation team. I like to focus on activity and then activity through the innovation process. So the number of concepts we're generating, the number of pilots we have in market, the number of learnings that we've collected and have been have translated back into the industry in some way. I think that's actually a misconception that should be should be addressed a bit is that innovation teams are only focused on some sort of tangible output. Like there's a new product or service that comes out of the end of it. That might not always be the case. Like How a so? lot of oh well, a lot of what you learn through the process could help bolster an internal process or a, um, a, a product for you in, in some way. And then now you're just adding on to the backlog or product roadmap for something that, that's currently existing. And that's why it doesn't want to be, you don't want to be totally sequestered away like a skunk works working on God knows what. You got to have some sort of connection back. It feels like a lot of times, and this will go off of your blog post, is people just get dropped in and all of a sudden, okay, you're in charge of innovation, now mm-hmm, what, mm-hmm. right? And you've, you've touched on that in, in one of your articles. But, um, but yeah, how do, how do people get schooled in, in innovation? Yeah, probably the, the closest thing in, so from any sort of educational standpoint would be like entrepreneurship, product development, or, or anything along those lines. And, and it's tough. People usually get dropped into it because they've accomplished something in the past before. Is there, is there any resources that you would put people, point people towards that are like kind of generally accepted or widely mm. recognized resources on innovation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are so many frameworks and books that are not plays on one another. Um, they're, they're different enough, but like looking at jobs to be done, 
or anything by Alex Osterwalder is that he wrote the business model canvas and he's all about business model innovation, which is probably one of the biggest focuses of enterprise innovation. I mean, think about 3M. They're were selling mining equipment 180 years ago. And mm-hmm. now their biggest thing is post-its. It's yeah. Not, <laughs> not, I, never, I never actually thought. I, I had no idea. <laughs> 3M did mining equipment. Yeah. yeah it's, it, 3M is Minnesota mining and manufacturing. No way. Yeah. I, I, I had no idea. That's yep. pretty cool. Another interesting fact. Yeah. N- Nintendo started out as a uh, playing card manufacturer. Really? Yeah. <laughs> But that's actually a really good one to talk about because it's still focused on the value they're trying to deliver or the job they're trying to the job to be done of their customers is to provide entertainment. Entertainment, and play yeah. Yeah. And find unique ways to spend time with family. Yeah. And that's why the Wii was so successful because they everything went into product design around new and engaging ways. Like it didn't have the best graphics when everybody else was going after graphics. But they focused on different things that was still close to their mission and vision as a company. Yeah. And then innovated against that. One of the things that we keep seeing is people feeling like immediately, hey, I'm in charge of innovation. We need an innovation lab. Is that the case? Like, do you need, if you're doing innovation, you need an innovation lab. Is that, is that true? Or? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all depending on, on why and how, why you're trying to innovate in the first place. Mm-hmm. I think labs are a great option for Having a dedicated space, it allows you some flexibility with talking to customers. But I think the biggest value is just getting out of the building and it gets you into a, a bit of a different mindset. But those activities that you're doing there can be done at a high level across the enterprise. And again, this all goes back to what you're trying to get after. I think that like crowdsourcing and programs that capture those ideas and they get massaged and whatnot are great if you're looking for more near-term innovation when you're going a bit farther out there, those ideas tend to not have a home at the end. So they kind of just get lost in the shuffle, but a lab can be a place to take those ideas. If you have a lab, you're probably looking at more of a dedicated team that's out there or some sort of rotational program, but there's some sort of quote unquote dedicated staff that's within there. I guess that's what I wanted to just make sure we were communicating to people who are um, trying to navigate this world is an innovation lab is not the only answer to innovation. No, it's all, it's all about, um, the, the four key principles that I, I try to communicate are around having a clear purpose and understanding what, what is the impetus for innovation and then like how are we going to recognize value from it. Um, it sets you up for you know, how you're even going to go after the innovation, what kind of competencies and skills you'll need to have in the lab program or whatever you want to call it. Uh, helps in goal setting for both a either quarterly, yearly, or biannual basis. Um, It also gives a bit of a defense point back to the organization because inevitably you start up an innovation program and things are running and everybody's really jazzed about it. And then somebody's like, wait, what are you guys doing? What's Mm -hmm. the value you're trying? what, What are you trying to do here? And being able to point back to your purpose and your mission for existing um, allows you to defend some of those riskier bets that don't have any hard data to support them right away. You need, and getting back to that hard data and riskier ideas, you need some sort of portfolio of, of risk that you're managing and working through, uh, things that are a bit more near-term that, that you can translate quickly back into the business that gives some confidence to the program, and then some, near, near, um, some midterm stuff that is maybe like taking a current product to a different market or 
um, building a new product for a market that you that you're currently in, and maybe there's some cannibalization or competition that you're you're forcibly you're forcibly creating. Um, you got to have some sort of process that you're going against. We talked a little bit about that briefly. It adds some rigor and accountability to the innovation team, which the organization is going to love because they want to manage stuff. And then capturing learnings and translating them back, whether that's into a the concept or pilot or whatever you're putting together within your, your lab or space or whatever, or that people can leverage back at the mothership. So if you're doing those four things, you have those four things, whatever your program comes to life, whether it's in a lab, whether it's a team, whether it's a rotational program, whether it's a uh, 20% time effort like at Google, you have a better chance of being successful. Do you have any tangible examples that we can share just to kind of show people, hey, here is what we did and here's how it impacted the company? Yeah, definitely. So we work with a uh, large financial institution and our main way of helping them innovate or future-proof is through experimenting experimenting with technology and benefiting from startup activity. So we are kind of some a middleware that exists to help them work with either an emerging tech and develop use cases and develop POCs that they might be able to leverage. Or if there's a, a fintech startup that's doing something novel, uh, this team, our team that we have in partnership with the company will go out again, identify some use cases and then build prototypes and proof of concepts that we could uh, experiment with with actual users and customers of the organization and it informs build by rent decisions uh, it informs whether they should just be a customer of the startup or it should or should they just acquire that company we've done uh, focusing on cultural change and just being a source where folks can come through uh, learn and be fo- learn about design thinking and how to state hypotheses how best to experiment and validate them yeah and then how to translate that back into learnings. And I think it's important to note too, I think some people are maybe fearful of like, I need help, but I don't want you guys to come in and replace me or my people. And that's not what we, we don't want to be that. We want to come in, help you get started and show you how to do it. Yeah, we'd much rather be focusing on teaching people to fish as trite as that is. Like we want people to, learn these skills, learn how to look for opportunities, learn how to evaluate those opportunities, and then just grow those muscles and skill sets themselves. For those that might be skeptic about innovation mm-hmm. um, as mm-hmm. a kind of a line of business within a larger enterprise, what would you what would you say to in response to that? It, it needs to be there. You can't just be, I mean, the, the flat out, it just, it has to be there. If you want the organization to still be providing shareholder value in the future, you can't just be focused on near-term next executive bonus payout goals which is sometimes where especially in enterprise structure you get stuck and there's been a lot of talk about this in the industry where you get stuck into like hitting your quarterly goals and Mm -hmm. you almost get lulled into this idea of like oh we've just got to hit this quarter next quarter the next quarter versus thinking a little bit more long term which is which is what you're talking about Mm -hmm. they're getting back to the why is it important you need people that are focused on eating your own tail and focusing on how you're going to reinvent your business. How can we be of service to the folks who are in an enterprise space looking to innovate? What can we offer them? I think there's there's two main two main areas of focus. One being uh, program um, 
recommendation and assessment. So if you want to start a brand new innovation function, we can help you figure out what is that purpose? Where should it live? How should it be funded? What does the process look like? What is the ecosystem of your organization so that we can find those solid integration points back um, and then helping get it stood up and run, uh, whether it's a lab situation or, or, or what have you. Um, the other is what I affectionately call crossing the chasm. You know, we're builders at our core. We came up building novel pieces of software and going through digital. And there's often a time where something comes out of the innovation program or innovation lab that has some sort of digital component because most things do nowadays, or there's some sort of integration or, or a partnership with a startup. And the traditional um, IT roles that would, would be taking that on are focused with operating the business. And you're looking at like a 12 to 18 month backlog at times of being able to take that idea and actually do something with it. We can kind of be that middleware that sits in between the innovation program and operationalizing something within the enterprise. Um, and we can do it in, in a lightweight way, get something built, have a solid code base that could be transferred, all that good stuff. Ifki, thank you for sitting down with us. My pleasure. Do you need more Skookum in your life? Follow us on social, or if you're in the Charlotte or Denver areas, come visit us in person at one of our local tech talks hosted in the Skookum offices. Until next time, stay nerdy.